Hello, welcome to Reframing Mindset Podcast. We are clear minded of the thoughts that are preventing clarity. Practice my speech, among other things. Episodes range from informative knowledge to funny stories about my experiences, and in the future, maybe include interviews. So subscribe and enjoy. Episodes drop every other day. So welcome to the podcast, Oshin Box. Well, the great Oshin Box of Fanta. So before we get into the interview, let me just kind of state some things that you know you may be known for. So Oshin Boxer is a poet, my domestic affairs chairman, my first year, a hall committee member, my first year, a table tennis player an actor in a YouTube series named Campus, a UE graduate, so a very decorative person that is still on his personal journey. Welcome to the Framing Mindset Podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, Colin. It's good to be here. And uh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, so how are you doing today? Feeling okay? Yeah, good going great. Good going great. All right, that's good. So... Let's get into the interview. So, I know this man through him being my super senior at Preston and my domestic affairs chairman my first year. And over time, a person that shares some good knowledge that I have incorporated in my life that may or may not have improved it, but give me more insight into things that I may not have seen. So, being the DAC myself, you and I both know that the committee isn't a better role. So more earlier on the journey, and you'll feel like this is my breakthrough, which end up being a major flop. But before we get into that, let us go into the before UE boxer, the high school and primary Oshin, and the come up to UE. So tell us about the journey from primary until their eventual decision to go to UE. Okay, all right then. So I'm originally from Port Maria. St. Mary. Uh, Funny story, Uh, I ended up changing families, so to speak, when Mm -hmm. a nurse decided to to take me in and just offer financial assistance to to my mom. And so she would actually, you know, take care of me with her daughters. So she was grown, she had grown daughters, four daughters, and, you know, based on the circumstances, she just offered that helping hand. So I ended up growing up with a, a totally different family than which I was born. So mm-hmm. that brought me from Port Maria, St. Mary, to Highgate, St. Mary. And uh, I was you know, sent over to Kingston for, for basic school, but, but back to St. Mary for, for prep school. Um, I attended St. Cyprian's Prep. It's one of, the, one of the only prep schools in the area. It obviously costed more, but it was a yeah. sacrifice that these strangers were actually willing to make and very, mm. very, very kind people, very kind hearted people. And I'm eternally grateful to them, but going through prep school wasn't necessarily the, the funnest <laughs> time of my life because as a child, one of your greatest pride, prides or source of pride is your parents. 
and knowing that I did not actually live with my literal parents. I did not know my father at the time, and I only saw my mom, mom uh, a couple times, you know, a couple times mm-hmm. a year, and yeah. and she'd call, but essentially I was seeing different people. And so even though I knew they loved me and I knew that this was my family, it, it still kind of played on in the back of my head. It played on my mind that, you know, these aren't my parents. You know, th- this isn't your mother. They look nothing like me and vice versa. <laughs> and uh, mm. they weren't necessarily wealthy either. So yeah. while other, other kids would have their parents come and pick them up in their own vehicle, a uh, taxi man <laughs> picked up me. Big up Mr. Fisher. <laughs> Wherever he yeah. is. So I was very... Uh, I, I didn't necessarily understand, so I had a, a pretty much kind of a low self-image. But going to church, I kind of developed that when, when I got involved in music, you know, playing the drum set at church. It kind of built my confidence to some ex- extent and developed a love for music. But all in all, yeah. I excelled in the, in the academic field, in, in prep school at St. Seba, and uh, I earned myself the valedictorian spot. So I was valedictorian, Prince Paul's Award, scholarship from mm. Jamaica National. That would have aided me throughout high school. Moving to high school now, the St. Mary High School. All right, that is debatable. Anybody else oh from yeah. any other schools, <laughs> please do not start any yeah. argument. Don't message Colin saying you have you have a bone to pick with that O'Shane person <laughs> because yeah. your school is the best. But but the St. Mary High, faith and courage, was where a lot changed for me. I I found the Scout Movement uh, in high school. And uh, that allowed me to to step up and just learn what it what a little bit of what it meant to to lead and to in a sense be responsible for the success of a project, so to speak. So I was the scout leader. Uh, I w- I developed a love for table tennis, so I played table tennis for most of my high school years. I developed a love for through scouting. I developed a love for volunteerism, and I realized that you know in our kill you. So just give a little of your time <laughs> to others. It won't kill you. It's actually a really fulfilling thing to do. So Wait, what is what is um birth scouting? What is scouting for oh, the audience? Yo, boy, scouts. boy scouts. What, so you can explain to the audience so that yeah, you know, yeah. for the people that may not really know. Yeah, man, exactly no problem. Yeah, so Boy Scouts is a, a non profit organization. Um internationally known. It's not military, but it's more based on teaching young men survival and social skills mm. so oh. you mm-hmm. the female equivalent would be girl guides and brownies etc etc but um, we were the boy scouts and that that kind of helped to mold me in the in the category of just giving to people giving back and networking not being afraid to speak up etc and uh, along the way uh, my uncle taught me chess and I, I brought it to school and a teacher just brought support and said, hey, let's start a chess club. So that was pretty fun, even though I didn't stay there. But by the time I got to grade 12, I would have become a, a, a prefect and that would have given me another seat at the leadership table. And so I had to step up to the plate. <laughs> we were like the, the, the police patrol of the school, mm-hmm. you know, patrolling for tight pants and patrolling for late students, etc. And uh, it was pretty organized. So I, I learned a lot there. But one of the most ch- life-changing experiences was when I 
uh, a teacher recommended me for the U.S. Embassy Youth Ambassador Program. And I filled out the application, and I was actually shortlisted. <coughs> and uh, I was the, the only finalist, you know, from, from my school. And what that meant was that I would represent Jamaica as a U.S. Embassy Youth Ambassador. You know, going overseas yeah. in an exchange program and learning about volunteerism, youth, um, youth advocacy, etc., etc. And my luck would have it. Well, everything happens for a reason. But that mm-hmm. I was made an alternate candidate. Get the visa and everything, you know. <laughs> I got the visa. And then I was yeah. told, I'm so, you are, you're an alternate candidate. So in case somebody else uh, breaks a leg or bucks a toe, then you will yeah, go in their place. Go. So you know who is praying. <laughs> and somebody would just butt their toe. <laughs> that was me. But all in all, I was content just um, staying back at home and then providing support for the team when they got back into the island. And that caused me to, to, to start a volunteerism club in my high school. Mm-hmm. So that was me. Um, forced me to, 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 to lead. Forced me to, to be kind. Forced me to... To, to step up and, you know, be at the front, lead from the front, etc. All while learning, because in high school, you, you're not so great at the leadership thing, but you're learning. And from there, to on to University of the West Indies. You know, we had some Prestonites come, come to us while we are in grade 13. And uh, pretty much they were recruiting. So I mm. saw, actually saw um, Marlon. If you remember Marlon. Um, yeah. Gregory. Yeah awesome guy and um and a couple other persons who had gone before us from st mary high to preston hall and they, they came mm. back and and that's where most of us decided hey we want to go to preston so that's how i ended up there and came on hall and had the time of my life <laughs> right. i hope i hope that answers mm. your question yes so the next question is so you're at ue so that's one year before i reached but tell us about your first year experience up until your eventual dis- decision to become the domestic affair chairman, which would be the first official domestic affair chairperson at the time. So tell us about how that went. First year at UE was the bomb. <laughs> it's hilarious. I always say, life is what you make it. Have fun. You know, laugh, but don't joke around. But unfortunately, I did both of those. I laughed and I joked around a lot. It was so fun. It was the first, my first time, of course, coming to a university and experiencing the orientation process. <laughs> yeah. That's where you have leaders, student leaders, who are obviously on hall before you. And especially if they're the hall committee members, they'd come a few weeks in advance of the, of the, the school year um, starting. And you'd come in early as, as well. And of course, learn the ropes. The ins and outs of the school system, of how Hall works, and who you should respect, etc., etc., etc. So we had to call him special names. He's super senior, this super senior, that. And uh, of course, you know, it's all a gimmick, pretty much. But at the same time, there's a novelty to it. Because you start to respect these people. You know, John C. Maxwell calls it the law of respect. You naturally respect leaders who are, who are stronger leaders than you are. And having the knowledge and the experience that they had, of course, we had to respect them. And I remember getting into trouble so many times, man. It was so hilarious. 
and get into trouble so many times. I remember there was a, a super senior, Sajak, who's who's one of the, the, the quote unquote military super seniors. Pretty short. I'm not gonna yeah. name her, but she was short. So she she came over and I, I think whenever a, a super senior passes by you, you're supposed to, to dip. Bend up, you, yes. Yeah. You <laughs> cannot be you cannot be taller than your super senior. Hey Colin, how did you manage? You were you were always so mm-hmm. tall. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, that's when we're going. And I, <laughs> I, I usually um, um, what what's her name? Uh, Mission, madam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's come road, <laughs> come road, that you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So I can continue. Mm-hmm. That was fun, man. And she was really short. She was maybe like a foot below me, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I was pretty troublesome. I I give give trouble and she came over and she said she said something to me and mm. I, I, I didn't hear but because she's so short I literally just looked around and said who said that yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> and she was pissed can I say pissed <laughs> uh, pardon my French but she was really upset she got red in the face and she went up to the, 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 the lead super senior Sergeant, next thing I know, O'Shea and Pantan, front and center. I'm like, how do these people know my name? This is the second day. But that's that's also another reason why I really respected them because they clearly did their research on everybody. <laughs> they mm-hmm. did. They had they had our files and that was really fun. And you know, they, they gave me a little activity that every time some I don't remember if it's every time somebody counts or use uses a uses a, a certain number. When we're counting ourselves off, I should yeah. run through the, the, the lines of the students, zigzag, yeah. and buzz like a digital phone. Because I had on a digital <laughs> shirt. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, but I had fun with it, man. Uh, that was me mm. jumping up and down, prancing. <laughs> and then I had to get back in line. And I did that for a couple of days, man. And it was, it was hilarious. But uh, that was a part of my first year experience. And of course, you know, the ladies are there. You're, you're meeting mm-hmm. all these attractive young ladies. And yeah. th- their parents aren't around. And <laughs> and there's no teachers. Just you, just having a good time on hall. So you get to interact, develop your social skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, whether they're good or not, <laughs> you get to work on them. So first yeah. year was really fun. So tell me about that up until your event, your eventual decision now to become the first official domestic affairs. Because prior to that, there was no DAC. So how did the inception of the DAC come about and how did it end up becoming you being that DAC? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if my memory serves me right, I believe the hall chairman think the incoming hall chairman would have been Jeremy James. Big up Superman. Preston and yeah. Superman. He's a filmmaker now and he makes some fantastic movies. Some short yeah. films. You can check them out on YouTube. But um, Jeremy James, he actually, I think he came to me and said, you know, he thinks it's a good idea to, to add a, another post because it was, it was pretty difficult for the hall committee members to al- already be serving in their post 
and then have to try and set up for events. Yeah. Not everybody had the technical skill or know-how to assemble the equipment, set it up, and break it back down, or even yeah. to, to, to line up the chairs in, in a way that and put adequate spacing in between them. Because even that's important. If there's not enough space between the chairs in, in for an event, it can get hot and stuffy very fast. Yeah. And you're bumping into people all the time just to get out of your seat. So he came to me, uh, I believe, and he, he threw out the idea. And I just accepted. I wasn't looking for a post. I was I was never looking to, to quote-unquote, be a leader in, in any way. But I thought, hey, might as well. You know, I've mm-hmm. respected the super seniors, so I said, let's do it. Yeah. And from there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so, and, so... You may or may not have listened to the episode, but two episodes of the podcast is detailed on my experience being on the DIC committee and eventually becoming the chairman of the Domestic Affairs Committee. And it's best to summarize it as basically one of, would be one of the worst decisions I made at my year experience, which I end up looking back, I can say it's bittersweet. But it was hard work and hard help, you know. So let me. So this question is basically tell me about you being the domestic affairs coming in the second second year and having basically me as one of the committee members and the other people and basically you have to manage some new stuff pressures which basically joining a committee which is one very unattractive and seems like you know some un, really unpaid labor that they come in and telling some pressure that come to you to come they are telling some people that come to you if you are degree if you say yo come come do some unpaid labor for you know so, so tell us about your experience being that's the leader of that Oh yeah, come in and tell some people come to do, do their degree. Say, yo, come in and join us and come, you know. Because that's how me get introduced into becoming the DAC from my um cluster, which was French Kiss. You now she can't tell me, say, yo, so join the DAC because all you do is pick up some desk and cheer. And at the time, me used to say, oh, that sounds easy. And, and you know, and I uh, to become that join. And so, so you bet, <laughs> so you bet, yeah, do. <laughs> yeah so tell me the back the background and the the, the past that you know, tell us you being the leader that first year and then like maybe some background things that us being the the one in the committee may not have seen that you know like the you being the leader and stuff you don't come in and you know show it have your frame and, you know, lead well and thing. But behind the scenes, you know, there's a lot of proper planning to all the comfort and, you know, that you may see, that it may seem on the outside. So tell us about the background planning and highs and lows and all of that, you know. That okay. Well, I don't remember everything very clearly, but the things that do stand out to me are the, it being twofold. So one representing on the hall committee and two representing uh, as as a leader to your subcommittee. So that it was yeah. always twofold. 
And uh, in terms of the leadership or representing on the hall committee, being there with your peers, it, it, it's a great feeling knowing that you're a part of a, a greater team. And one of the elites, AZ Preston Hall. Again, mm-hmm. listeners, no, no attacking um, Colin <laughs> about Halls being great, but Preston Hall is just phenomenal. All right, yeah, it's I'm different. biased. It's built different. <laughs> yeah, built different, man. And uh, just knowing that I was a part of that, and with the leadership, um, Jeremy, uh, James, very, very strong leader. You know, looking back now, having a lot, of, a lot better understanding of, of, of leadership now. I realized that he was he was pretty advanced for his time, and mm-hmm. so because of that, we pretty much got stuff done. You know, we we yeah. had a sense of purpose. We knew where we, were, we where we were going. You know, we'd have meetings going up until I don't know if you guys did, but we had meetings that would go from sometimes nine p.m. to one a.m. <laughs> oh yeah, we never realized that, but we never really have it that much because you know, pretty super senior. For a leader at the time, it was kind of laza fear in that team. Usually, allows we do our things automatically, unless it's like one of the big events where you kind of need all of it coming. Okay. Yeah, so, so, the first part was being a part of that hall committee. That had its own responsibilities and duties in that uh, meetings, showing up for meetings, contributing to the planning of events, and also providing support to other uh, leaders when they're having their events. For example, when clusters have their events, I'd touch base with the, the cluster um, reps and pro- just provide mm. some advice and suggestions and perspectives on how they can set up the logistics for their event. So that was one part. The next part was um, controlling the, the keys and access to some of the inventory. For example, speakers, sports equipment as well. That was another part that was kind of a personal responsibility. I had to know where the key was and, or how, how to yeah. get it that um, held the shed uh, with those equipments. So that's, that's two things right there. But also, we had so many events, guys. We had so many events. I remember looking yeah. at a sheet of the events printed out for Preston, and it was, uh, it was two pages turned landscape printed out in lists, about four or five columns, just listed going down yeah. and going across and then going down onto the other page. And I'm like, whoa. And we pretty much eh, had to be involved in just about almost And That's what I explained in, my, in the episode. I told that what in my second year when I was doing it, you know, you have other committee members that basically did their events and basically just retired. But my committee, they just have to push through you know, because without free committee, you basically will never really, you know, events when really I got through. It's a bit sad. It was a hard battle, hard battle. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The next part of it was, of course, learning, all the while learning how to be a better leader in serving you guys as a subcommittee. Now, mind you, I didn't completely understand the concept of servant leadership, meaning uh, leaders serve. Like, let me tell you from mm. now, it sucks to be the leader. All right, if you're gonna be a good leader, it sucks because you're the one that's responsible responsible for the welfare of your team. You're the one who needs to navigate. You're the one that needs to connect with them. You're the one that needs to set the set the tone. You're the one who needs to always be a couple steps ahead. You know, um, yeah. being able to see what they see, but at the same time, 
having the ability to cast a greater vision to inspire them to move forward. So I was mm. learning that as we went along, and I don't think I was a good leader, you know, by any, you know, stretch of the imagination, but I cared. And I wanted to yeah. do that. I I did care about you guys, and I, I wanted to communicate that while at the same time still getting our work done. Because, I mean, setting up chairs and setting out chairs and speakers and setting up stuff like that, maybe the decor, the decor and the cloth and the fabric, that part kind of was mm. fun a little and looked nice. But at the end of the day, and, you know, you still work, man. You sweat. <laughs> yeah. You, you sweat. And uh, yeah, you, you can feel like unpaid labor. <laughs> but that's what leadership yeah, is. Man. Yeah, yeah, but man. it's a kind of it's a kind of it's a part of the kind of art. You know, they did the after they did the retreat and stuff like that. So that's a what what that into make you this year say if you do a retreat because that was basically the only committee subcommittee at the time that this year say we had a three day retreat and after that they kind of went in there it changed because you know everybody they have a vision of what how everything you know everybody had an idea and their rule you know so i said what we get the idea at the time to actually do the, the three-year retreat and so forth mm-hmm. well any idea for retreats would have come from the hall committee because we mm. that was something that we did so that's yeah. where the idea came from and i just understand that also people need a time to kind of let their hair let their hair down, gather in one space mm. and kind of brainstorm and reflect. Once yeah. you can brainstorm and reflect, then ideas can come to you because you, you slow down and you, you, you get a chance to declutter your mind. And mm. it's for example when you're driving in a vehicle, it's easier to take in the scenery when you're driving slowly as opposed to driving quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So um that's that's where the idea came from and I'm glad it impacted you in, in, in a positive way. So, 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 where were you your third year, which would be my second year when I became a DAC? Because, you know, this man told me, if you ever need me, if you ever need me to help the DAC, I'll be here. So, you know, <laughs> that, that, that you will be here. Third year come, this man disappeared. So, I say. So what what was going on that third year that did you know, not this this man and Preston are anyway? You know, so what was going on that third year? Okay, so mm. third year was a blur. I'm, I'm gonna tell you that from now. Third year was a blur. But but I did mean it. If you wanted help, then you you could reach out to me. Um I'm sure <laughs> if you if you came to me um to say, Hey, I need help or guidance as it pertains yeah. to, to planning then I'd provide that guidance. I'm not sure what kind of help you were you were expecting. I, I'm not no, sure. I didn't me never really know. I didn't me never know say I didn't me, I never that me, me piece, uh, at what what the third year me, me never see you at that, you know. Mm-hmm. I never that me say me never see you disappear. It's like you never depend the hall. Oh. You know, they actually live on the hall like that, you know. And oh, only that when when me this year you. was when me finally Around the end, and they me, and they recommend the girl that eventually became the other, the third DAC. So basically, you were basically not existed that time. But I wonder where were you, you know? And that was when uh, that was the year I started Protoss Motivation. 
2016. That was the youth movement uh, centered around motivational entertainment. So I was all over the place. It was one of the funnest time periods ever. From poetry back to public speaking back to um, events and just a lot of networking. You know, uh, mm. water war here, here or there. But just going crazy and just bring along, bringing along uh, as many um, youths as, as possible. But I was on hall, man. I was on hall. But I wasn't as involved in hall activities as before. Because mm. pretty much yeah. after my taste of the hall committee, I'm like, no, I want back my life. This is hard. <laughs> and at yeah. the end of the day, the glory goes to Preston. Nobody mm. really remembers you. You know, you're just uh, you're just uh, pretty much a, a name um, that w- that's relevant for the year because you served, yeah. But you know, what you do is not great that you will be remembered for ten million years later. You get me? You have to start working on mm. your own thing. So I started to kind of you know prioritize. I gave you know gave my work, gave some time, energy to Preston mm. Hall to contribute. But I needed to create something for myself bef- in in my final year. I started up yeah. to a final year. It wasn't. It but wasn't. you know, this podcast might, you know, give you back some glory again, you know, because when we promote it, <laughs> when we both promote it, you will be in the first BAC. You know, I can get back some former glory. <laughs> yeah, but you can go on again. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that's what happened third year. I started working on my youth movement, protest, motivation. Yeah. So. Well, whatever happened throughout it all, you end up finishing UWE. So tell us the degree that you finished with, achievements and accolades that you have, may have collected during that, during that time, and any memorable memories that you have from your time at UWE. Okay. I remember, uh, for sure, I did HR, Human Resource Management. And mm. I, in my second year, I started uh, a minor in Chinese. Yeah, Chinese yeah. culture and, and language. Uh, that's it on the degrees part. But really and truly, uh, by my second year, I mentally, I checked out. When it came to just taking advantage of what was there at UWE, 16,000 people from all over the world, I'm like, no way. I have to take advantage mm. of it. So I started networking. I started just connecting because you could meet people from Germany, from Antigua and Barbuda, from the USA, from, from Korea, like all over the place. So I'm like, why am I busting my brain and, and giving all my energy to, to, to studying for a, a three-year degree? I mean, come on. So I kind of checked out. So most of my memories came from <laughs> what I was doing with Protoss Motivation. I remember a water war over by Los, Los Matadores. I created a, mm. a water game because the pool yeah. wasn't open. We had a, you know, I planned a pool thing with our, with the, mm. mo- with the movement and pool was closed. So we came back up and we just had fun over Lost Mat. <laughs> we still have photos, you know, <laughs> changed off in our swimsuits yeah. and right there had a, a fun water experience. Uh, th- that's very memorable. Another thing that was memorable was actually while in my second year on the hall committee, I, we identified a, a boy that was born with a, a, a condition that ha- that merged his his fingers together mm. and his toes, and it deformed his face. And uh, it was heart wrenching, and 
some someone on our committee, Lamezan Cluster Rep. Lamezan, it's amazing. <laughs> shot to your shot, yeah. boom, boom, boom. <laughs> that was never my cluster, but that that is so catchy. That's their tagline, and it was so catchy. Mm-hmm. Anyways, their cluster rep decided, hey, let's let's have a let's use the the Preston pageant. No, I'm sorry. Let's let's use a fundraising concert to to raise some cash towards the operation, which was about a hundred and something thousand US dollars for the operation. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this little yeah. change from the concert might not do much. But let me sell some tickets. And around that time, I think I was listening to audiobooks like The Power of Concentration and yeah, and other stuff. Well, so I was, I was thinking about how I could do things bigger. How can I expand my reach 10x? And uh, yeah. I was walking by, by Philip Sherlock and I saw on a, on a post. No, I think I was on. Oh, no, I was walking on Preston past the conference room and I saw on a poster that um, CEO of Digicel. Dennis O'Brien was coming into town and uh, a light bulb went off. So I'm like, hmm, all right, this sounds like an idea. So I strategically planned to attend that seminar. It was the same day as the concert, or I think the week before. And I strategically went to that and I ensured I was there early. I sat down at the front and I listened to his presentation and he talked about, at some point, kids with disabilities think you know giving back to the society and yeah. he, as soon as he said any questions i shot my hand up so i was the first person and i asked him what does digital do for for kids with disabilities so i was just trying to connect because yeah. i don't have a hundred thousand us dollars else i would give it to him you know so yeah. i said hey i actually know a, a, of a child that actually needs some very strong support and he's like hey Go talk to my, my head of PR, Antonia Graham. And I went up there to, to the lady that he came with, and and she pretty much sorted out the whole thing. She sorted out the whole thing. She um, The next thing I, I, I heard about it was that Digicel um, got them um, the operation totally sponsored by a, a hospital overseas. And then digital, <laughs> yeah, digital just um, paid for the air airfare and um, accommodation, and the hospital covered the operation and kids alive and well now. And uh, you know, then uh, later later I get this call from Antonia saying, "Hey, you know, we just want to say thank you, you know, for allowing us to 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 to, to, to pr- contribute to that um, project and help that young man, and and we have something for you." And that time, you know, um, ta- tablets were a thing. They said, hey, I have yeah. the Samsung Galaxy tablet for you. And I'm like, mm. no, that's okay. You know, that's okay. I, I really don't want it. And she's like, you know, are you sure you could give it to somebody? I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. So, so I literally got a Samsung um, tab A from, from Digicel. Really nice tablet. I, I gave it to my mom. And she still oh. uses it to watch Netflix to this day. <laughs> You must yes. be nice right now. We did have this Netflix drought. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix drought. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so that, those are my two greatest memories from you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so you said in third year, you started Rotards Motivation. So tell us about the inception of that and building it up to, and where is it now? And is it, and what 
is it what are you looking forward to for in the future if you're still if it's still going okay so protocs motivation was the result of my wanting to expand my reach i started branding myself as a motivational speaker from about the april of my second year and i realized yeah. that i couldn't reach as many people just uh, by myself and so quickly i said all right how can i expand and so i i reached out to a friend or two and said hey let's 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 start something together and i i, I told him the name that i was thinking of and they said yeah let's do it we started a whatsapp group you know another guy started uh, created a logo for it and from there i've just been just asking people to hey just join in and we started doing volunteer projects then from there we started meeting photographers and videographers and event planners and we just ran with it it was really fun so the idea became motivational entertainment inspiring young people to inspire others and that allowed us to 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 travel that allowed us to put young people on stages that allowed us to put young people in front of a camera and just share experiences that can benefit others it was really fun uh, we actually won an award in 2019 for for arts, music, and drama by positive organization. So that was really fun, really good time. Um, where it's where it's going now because it's really Oshane it driven or Oshane intensive. So pretty much, if I'm not there, nothing happens, you know. And that's I think that's one of the the shortfalls of it. Uh, my leadership wasn't that great to actually assign somebody that would actually take care of it that much and i wouldn't have money to pay them so that probably wouldn't be a good idea so essentially yeah. i realized that oh my gosh how long am i gonna keep running around with this movement for w- before it expands before it scales up into something bigger and at some point in time i'm gonna leave UE and i'm gonna need a job I'm good. You get me? I want to start a family. I need to do stuff. I need to be responsible. I can't just keep doing stuff that I love just because I love it. You know? Yeah. So um, it was around that same, maybe like eight months after leaving school. I was just decided, hey, let me just work on Protox Motivation. And I started a YouTube project. I, I never completed it. Because along the way, I met somebody that really totally changed all my perspective on life. He became my mentor. Um, became a business partner as well. He introduced me to a, a network of other business partners and business owners, very successful entrepreneurs, um, most of yeah. which are financially independent, as in they don't work for people anymore. Yeah. Um, they have very successful businesses, and it really impacted me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. So this is what it's like to actually have money but also have time to spend the money. And I also yeah. have great relationships. And I was big on all of those things. So I'm like, hey, I want to have money. I want to have time. And I want to have relationships. But like, I, I can't just say that I deserve that. What have I done to deserve that? Not because I was born means that I should be successful. That's clearly not the case. So I realized that, yeah. okay, I have to start building an asset that can generate for me money so that I can buy back my time from, from my boss and... Uh, and then go back and invest it back in Protox Motivation. So I made a, a, a tough decision, but I paused Protox. So we're not marketing, we're not promoting, we're not anything like that. We're not producing content, you know, until I can get myself free. 
uh, with the money mm. and the time so that I can really build it um, big. And that's what happened with products. So right now it is, is it on Norman Spades? Yeah, man, it's Norman. If you want to follow on Instagram, you still can, people. Yeah. We probably won't get a follow back because <laughs> I haven't logged in, in in such a long while. But um, you can expect to see the brand rise again. And it's going to be so very, 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 very different because there's going to be money and it's not to in order to make that money. It's just because, you know, we want to add value. You know, a lot of brands yeah. out there, they're trying to make a profit from what they do. And if they're not making that money, etc., then, you know, they don't typically do certain projects. We want to just throw away money. Why? And just throw it, invest in people, you know, not looking for any kind of return. But just doing it because mm-hmm. it's the right thing to do, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So um. I see you have gotten active in the series called the YouTube series called Campus. So how did that come up, come about, and how did you end up being an actor in it, and the reception you have got from the series itself, and. Is there anything new in the works and your overall personal experience? So, so. Yeah. All right. So that was very interesting. So in my, I think, I think it was maybe 20, 2018 or 2019, we were having a photo shoot, a pro talks motivation photo shoot by, by um, Chapel Garden. And I did a, a video vlog, a video selfie of me and the crew. We were in our t-shirts, printed t-shirts, everything, photographers, everything. That was really cool. And one of our photographers showed it to Lone Wolf Films, Mr. Lone Wolf himself, you know. And um, before you know it, you know, I heard that, you know, he wanted to meet me. So we connected and he he shared with me that he had an idea for a a supernatural series on UE campus. I'm like, well, that's interesting. And he's saying that. You know, it's inspired by me because I think he thinks he's finally got the the right character to play um, the the, the character that he's thinking of, one of the protagonists, which is pretty much, you know, kind of goofy, very excited um, kid that finally came to UE and, you know, wanted to make it big, you know, but got a very sad and rude awakening. And he found that there is actually a lot of supernatural warfare taking place on the the great UE campus. Well, it, it, it was never called Yui. It, it was just called Campus. <laughs> All right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So from there, I showed up. And I'm, just the, I'm the kind of person that typically likes to show up. Because, I, I mean, if I, if I commit to doing something, I mean, why not show up? Yeah, just show up. Not yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just um, ethically. And then furthermore, I've had people show me or stood me up many times, and I don't like that feeling. So I just show up. And, and then I, I realized that, that if you if you showed up if you show up regardless if the situation goes bad or good you have a memory that you know that you you're yeah. speaking about now which yeah, yeah. is a cherished memory memory and you have it on film you know so it's you know win win yeah, exactly and I think that that was just the the whole key to it I just kept showing up and mm. things weren't very great um in terms of the the cast you know people would show up sometimes you know wrong color clothes for one scene mm. and the next scene it's like different color clothes because we're shooting over across multiple days 
and just the, the commitment level wasn't as great as it could be. So the people that you see on, on camera are maybe the, the best of the best people who who actually you know showed up more than yeah. more than the average. If you could put it that way. I'm very grateful mm-hmm. for them. But um the organization of the whole thing, you know, of course, um could be better. But remember, it's 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 not a paid project. Nobody's being paid. You know, we don't have yeah. sponsors or anything like that. We're just a bunch of punk kids from the university. Lone Wolf didn't even go to UE. So, you know, but he was always there. You know, yeah. a bunch of punk kids just trying to have fun and do something cool that has never been, been done before. You know, he's that yeah. kind of guy and I'm that kind of guy. So I'm like, hey, let's do it. So I committed to it. I stuck to it. Showed up for the the sessions where we do acting and filming and it was tough, man. Like every time I show up to film, I'm always either running from something, being beaten up, or on the ground. <laughs> yeah, it was a joke I was making with him the other day. Every time I film with with him, you know, I'm on on the ground in some way. Like like the, one of the latest commercials, the Subaru commercial. You know, this I was approaching yeah, yeah, this girl, and and the guy pushed me down. I'm on the ground. I'm like wolf. Why every time my aquidio like I'm always up on the ground in a some way? <laughs> I <laughs> trademark. Know? Yeah, I it's trademark. my trademark. <laughs> it's my trademark. So pretty much he said that he saw the the the, the character for the for the series in me through that video mm-hmm. that I took, that selfie video. He said, "Hey, yeah, um, if I'm willing to commit to it, then let's do it." And uh, took us two years, but we finally got out two episodes. You know, mm. from from just the commitment level of everybody, right back to you know funding, etc. But we finally did it. Um, the reception was in the beginning when we were just filming. It wasn't so great because people were like, mm, "What are they doing? Vampire series? Oh, it's gonna be lame, etc." But when we dropped the trailer, oh my gosh, we got we got we were turning heads. In fact, this the first episode was you know went thirteen thousand views right now, which is pretty cool on YouTube. And mm-hmm. we're actually featured in the Gleaner. Right now, oh, no. yeah, it's it's, uh, it's in the Gleaner as well as um Wolf was featured on um Smile Jamaica. Mm. So it really turned some heads, you know, got in touch with people like you know the film, you know, organization JAFTA, you know, for Jamaica. You know, yeah. Jamaica Film something, something, something association. And uh, it was just a really great um feedback. The biggest issue that we have is people keep asking when is the next episode? I've had heard that question so many times, and just know that there is one more piece that's coming out, guys. Spoke with the director, and it's coming soon. <laughs> I won't tell you exactly yeah. when, but uh, of course, before the end of the year, there's one more piece, you know, and that's gonna be really fun. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yes, I'll try my best though. Oh, oh yeah. So I'll try my best to maybe put. The link to it in the description for the people who are interested to see. It can just simply click it and you know watch it. So yeah, that would be great. So, uh, what are other things that you are working on now that we may not be able to pick up from a slight view of your social media, and how are those things coming along? Oh, these are great questions, by the way. Very good questions. Mm. All right, so, so I got married in 2019. Of course, you can tell that from my social media. <laughs> um, amazing lady, you know, big up to my wifey. You know, 
what he did. And but um, pretty much we started a business. Remember I told you I met mentors, you know, people that became mentors in my life, you know, business partners, became friends. Yeah. friends. Yeah, we met mm-hmm. them together and we're currently mentoring me and my wife together. They guided us through 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 four things. Well, they just gave perspective on just responsibility of, you know, if we're gonna, you know, be with a girl for an extended extended period of time. I mean, hell, just marry her. You know, <laughs> just marry her yeah. and then, you know. And furthermore, we had them as examples in our life, as well as countless other couples of what a mm. great marriage can look like. And yeah. we had the, the business support to cover the money part. We had um, the, the social support to cover, you know, relationships and learn make a people skills and leadership. And them just pretty much them sensible. Them wiser than most people. They make more money than most people too. I'm like, hey, mm. these are people I want to be around. And so right now I'm under their mentorship and tutelage. You can't see that on from my social media. But uh, I guess you'll see I don't post as much anymore, you know, on social media yeah. because I'm doing other things. I'm building a, a family business, you know, together. But uh, that's what's going on. Um, cash flow, debt-free, multi-millionaire for Shane and Sunday mm. Phantom. You know, and that's the name of the game, the Phantom Legacy. Yeah. All right. So, um, you introduced me to a book called The Go Giver. How did you got introduced to it? How did you like it? And how many of the rules have you seen you have implemented so far? Yeah, thank you. So, I first got that book from uh, a friend from uni. I read it while I was at uni, but and I remember writing down the laws in, in a book because it really stood out to me. But I, but then I totally forgot about it. I remembered it when my, my very same mentor handed that book to me when we met the first time. We had a meeting mm-hmm. and you know, him and his wife passed it on to, to me and, and Shanice. Well, to Shanice and I. <laughs> and uh, that's how we got introduced. And ever since then, we've been passing it on. Passed it on hundreds of times to different people. Because it's yeah. so significant in, in what it teaches. Concerning the laws of the go-giver, the success laws or laws of stratospheric success, I think yeah. I apply them very, very, very frequently, if not every day. Yeah, yeah so I can give an example of you applying any laws. You know? yeah, 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 most definitely. For example, um, the first one, law of value. Your true worth is determined by how much more in value you give and you take in payment. You know, mm. for example, we have a client, you know, she you know, she got she got sick. You know, you know you know these days and these times nowadays, you know, if I say she got sick, you know she wanna know. But she got sick and you know, she went ahead and we not only um got her um items that could help her, but we also added some extra items in there that she didn't pay for. Mm. We do that with just about every client. We always give more items in value than we take in payment. Yep, yeah. that's one simple example. You know, next one, law of compensation. We have a business, so we're providing um, goods and um, goods with good service. <laughs> so even though the goods are, are great, if you don't have put good customer service with it, then, you know, it, it takes away from the whole thing. So, yeah. so we give we give great products and we give great service. 
already we're serving people and serving people well and so our compensation is going to be determined by how well we serve people and that's what the second law yeah. says so we apply that one as well last influence you know how abundantly you place others interest above your own i apply that i'm married if i don't apply that i won't be married for very long <laughs> mm-hmm. my wife is laughing yeah <laughs> yeah um laugh authenticity if i like something i'll tell you i like it authenticity right there you know and law of reciprocity yeah. you know if you give me a laptop i'll take it you know so big up to our client ac <laughs> Mm. Yeah. So, so it's it's what you're using now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Mm. So um. So I guess yeah yeah IG page is no longer Oshie Shane Panther but Oshie and Shanice Panther. So you know, and as you said before, you know you made it official and thing. So the page will be basically your way of making it public. So. Tell us about how it started, where it is now, and what is the plan now since you have reached this far. When you say where it has started, uh, do you mean the Instagram page mm. or my man? No, as in how we have met and then, you know, it become official. Oh. Oshin and Shanice Panza. Okay. That now that you are now reached this far, where you have, as I say before, you have married and thing. Have, you know, took a huge step. So I said, what's the plan now that you have made this far? And said, okay, yeah, we're actually doing this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so actually met her because of Protoss Motivation. Uh, it was my third year on haul between April and between April and May, thereabouts. April, yeah. May, June. After exams, I believe, or I think during my final exam. Somebody had uh, approached me about an event called Food for Thought, a fashion show and poetry night that people do, and reached out to me, you know, representing Protoss, to yeah. uh, support on board and uh, move some tickets, market the event, and possibly perform. And uh, I went and met him, this random guy, don't know, go wear great support more, and meet, <laughs> meet this random guy that I don't know. But um, I networked, man, I networked like crazy. And I had my wits about me, so I, I wasn't being foolish. It was at a public library, so I think a good spot. And I, I met him, a really cool guy. Just it was yeah. just that he liked to, to sense persons, energy. Mm. And so we, we decided to work together. And from there, I started promoting the event and started selling tickets. So I'm like, hmm, if, if, if it's a poetry event, why not? Poetry and fashion show. Why not dress up nice and then go share some poetry? people yeah in promoting it so i dressed up as best as i could sneakers jeans and a preston jersey (laughs) and uh i I went out there and i just performed for people and i just say hey um i have a function coming up an event fashion show and poetry night you want to hear a piece and take a flyer and uh, and people would say yes and i'd give them a a piece of live poetry or do a, a song you know for them not the singing song, you know, more like the rap or DJ song, right? Like, no yeah. singing, no singing song. You know? <laughs> and, and that was fun. I'd take their contacts and just follow up with them. And if they wanted a ticket, then I'd let them get the ticket and come out for, for my session. And actually met Shanice, took it down by law. You know, she, she, wasn't, she wasn't going to school at the time. 
and she wasn't going to work. She just came to school to hang out with friends. Right? She was working with yeah. um, Sutherland, which was on campus. And she said, mm. hey, give me a piece, no? And the poetry. I'm actually giving <laughs> them a, one of my, my stanza pieces. You know? Mm. A little piece. And I took her contact. And then the following, the following week, I was on Trafalgar Road with, with my, my new event um, co-producer, the guy that recruited me. And we're like, mm. oh my gosh, we were tired because we were promoting the event. And he said, hey, let's go over to MVP, which was the, the, the Friday night party by Pulse. I'm like, no, I'm tired. Yeah. I want to go home. But then he said, hey, but you can promote the event if you go. And he said, yeah. all right. Because right. I'm pretty goal-driven like that. So I'm like, all right, let's go. But when I went over there, I realized it was too loud to talk to anybody. So I'm like, oh my gosh here for nothing. Mm. And I was walking through the crowd and I heard somebody said, oh Shane? It was an yeah. uncertain call. And I, so I turned and saw this girl and she didn't look so confident but she, she said, your name's O'Shane, right? I'm like, yeah. And I don't remember her but she remembers me because that's the same girl, Penny, that I talked to mm. in Bristol. And I talked to her, shared the event again and took her contact and she gave me, uh, I think she gave me her nickname the first time. So I saved it. Yeah. And then she gave me her real name this time. And then I saved it again. And then the same yeah. number popped up. But I'm like, I, oh, I just said, hey, uh, my mind must be playing tricks on me. And so I saved the same name twice. No, sorry, the same contact, the same number with the same, with, with different names. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was very interesting. And we texted and it was pretty fun. Pretty fun to text. Mm-hmm. Texting just um, turned into a date. We went out, you know, um, yeah. afterwards. And yeah, it just, just turned into a thing six months later. <laughs> you know, six months later. Mm-hmm. We were just together. I said, hey, let's make it official. Yeah. Oh, six months later, you made it official. Yeah, because um, she was helping out, helping out with Protoss motivation. And, you know, I was just kind of de- denying my feelings for her. And <laughs> by the time November, I just said, hey, might as well I just, you know, Mm. My Monty, come like everybody I get married in a my Monty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, November? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, I just I asked her to be my girlfriend in November. But yes, uh, I did also get married in November two years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like my Monty, just a special month, you know? <laughs> which, which day? Mm. Mm? 27. Oh. Mm. So, okay, so, the la, um, so I guess the last question would be, some people that help you, oh, I forgot, I, I forgot to ask, that now that you have married and reached this far, what is some plans that you may have in the future together now, you and I, and all this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, the, the biggest goal right now is for us to, to, to get free. By free, I mean back to the point where we don't have to worry about money or, or jobs. You know, as a child, you're free. Mm. You don't have to worry about anything. But the way yeah. we're doing it is we're, we're building our, our family business to the point where we, we won't need to um, look for jobs anymore. We can yeah. keep building our business part-time and use the, the hours in our day to, to pursue the things we love. You know, she loves art. You know, I love protest motivation. <laughs> I yeah. love um, music and drama and all that cool stuff. I want to sponsor, you know, sponsor series like Campus. 
You know, I want to mm. put young people on stages, youth, you know, music, music videos, etc., etc., etc. I want to do that stuff, and I want to, of course, yeah. help other people to to get free as well, because it's very much possible right here in Jamaica to be financially free. Yeah. So that's the goal right now. Get free. Um, retire our parents. Tell them they don't have to work anymore. You know, send them send them a couple hundred grand a month. You know, that's the kind of yeah. life that we're looking at right now. You know, give to charity, help other kids like the the kid that we just saw help. You know, mm-hmm. that's the goal right now. Just keep spreading positivity, both of us, our couple. All right, cool. So okay, so the last question will be so some people that have helped you on your journey and given you sound advice that save you lots of time from going down a path that would waste your time, money, and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Hello? You hear? So I said, the last question is, some people that would have helped you on your journey and given you sound advice that save you lots of time from going down a path that would have wasted your time, money, and fulfillment. And what were mm-hmm. those? What were those advice? Oh, what was what was that advice? Yeah, so some people that help you, that save you time, money, and that you know give you some advice that saved you a lot of time, money, and fulfillment. That you know if you hadn't get haven't gotten that advice, you'd have gone on a path and realized that yeah. wow, this wasn't working. You know. Yeah, yeah. All right. Mm. Some of that advice is. Chase opportunity first, not passion. Mm. Yeah. And the responsible thing, the responsible, you know, it's a responsibility. The responsible thing to do is to ensure that you can take care of your family and those coming um, after you. Yeah? Yeah. It's not about mm. if you love ice cream or if you're passionate about football or not. You know, running up and down with another man's jersey. Well, your jersey with another man's name on the back won't help you or your family. You need to go yeah. and build a legacy for yourself. Build your team with your name on your jersey. You get me? Mm. Yeah, man. So yeah. chase opportunity first, not passion. Once you have opportunity, you can go home and do your passion after. Because mm. you already covered the important stuff, like your bills. <laughs> So that's the best yeah. piece of advice I think I've ever got. You know, do what works. All right. Then you do what you love. Yeah. All right. All right. So we're coming to the end of the interview. So you can take this time to promote your socials and shout out anything else that you may want to promote. Yeah. Give thanks to God. He has been very gracious, graceful, and merciful to me. Didn't have to be. But uh, I'm alive and well. He blesses me, guides me day in, day out. And um, he's my biggest supporter, Ben, my beautiful, amazing, confident, phenomenal, hilarious wife, <laughs> Tanish. Yeah, man, very mm. grateful for her. Then, my mom, <laughs> very grateful, you know. Yeah. And um, social media, uh, Instagram, at Motivate Youth. Yes, it's spelled correctly. M-O-T-I-V-A-T-E-Y-O-U-T-H-S. Uh, Facebook, the same Tanish Panjan. <laughs> uh, Twitter, I don't use Twitter anymore, and I have a YouTube channel that I don't post on for commercial use, 
but I just drop a couple videos on there just to save people. So um, yeah. So there it is, guys. Thank you for having me, Colin, on your your podcast. I really appreciate it. And I hope I've yeah. Uh, so thank you for coming on the referring myself. The mindset tonight. Podcast. Yeah. So I hope it will give you as much value as it would bring me on your endeavor. So and have a great rest of the night. You know. So all right. So thank you for. Well, this is the end of the episode. Thanks for watching and look forward for the next episode. To support this podcast, go to anchor.fm slash cssd slash support and become a sponsor for this episode. If you have a product that you want to have more exposure, DM me on the Instagram page, Reframing Mindset Podcast, or on Twitter at ReframingP. Either way would help. Thank you regardless for for listening and here's a preview for the next episode. And then um, he talk calm thing and I like say my rich is with me now. I was say man get serious and I start going and pack it and I f- So I say oh, what kind of man this me I won't pack it and then wait then 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 not try first time I I get is that me I stop but I remember from my you know visual experience thing. I remember some tell us about they read easy football. Well easy football. So me I feel my ground I say is that me I the ball in us I come down for me. I said shit bro. I think I pass on the boom you want to take your take out the phone and a key and some money. So I say, so half a shot of boom now, the man I try to run away with this, you know, you know. So I grab the man, you know, I grab the man and grab